hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast. We are coming to you from our covert Corona headquarters. <laughs> Can't be. We have a thick, thick piece of glass in front of us. We're throwing social distancing to the side. We're in person. We're within arm's reach, but we both have bandanas on. So clearly we're safe now. Clearly safe. Yes, that's what work tells me all the time. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we reviewed the new comic books coming out. And thankfully, we have plenty of time because there's only one batch of new comic books. And then who the fuck knows? And like, then nothing. Things happening. Yeah. And then nothingness comes. Nothingness. So I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by the lovely, the amazing, the confident. Oh, um, I'm one of those three things. And I'll let the listeners decide as we go forward, which one. My name is Josh. <laughs> and today we're covering the newest books from about two weeks ago, I think, right? <laughs> the, the late, they're still the latest. They they are, are the latest. We are right on that. <laughs> they are the latest. But yes, they are at this point, I believe, two weeks old. Yeah, sorry about that, guys, but we are both essential workers, so we're still working while you're all discovering how to cook and discovering new books you want to write and all that bullshit. We're still working. You know. Yeah, you, unfortunately, you have to go out to work. I am at least lucky enough to be able to work from home. Yes, so. I get to talk to people who are tired of being stuck at home and they want to get my opinion on everything. I just want them to leave. <laughs> like, stop. I, Six feet away, please. <laughs> I want you to leave. <laughs> Uh, the CDC says you now have to be 73 feet away. So uh, yes. go ahead and go out that door. <laughs> Get the fuck out. So today we are covering Fantastic Four, New, uh, not New Mutants, X-Men Fantastic Four, Hellions, number one, Giant Size X-Men Nightcrawler, uh, X-Men, and then Wolverine, number two. Sounds right. <laughs> uh, I think a pretty strong batch, like nothing bad. It definitely was a bunch of ones that I was like, oh, cool. These are great stories that I will now never know when I'll finish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is very true. Um, I definitely, the first two are definitely my favorite, and we'll get into why that mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I agree. And um, I can't very, wait. very pleasantly surprised with Hellions, and we'll talk about Me it more too. Minute, it's but probably my favorite this week. Ho- holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but what? I shouldn't be surprised because the creative team. But. The creative team, sure, but the cast is <laughs> where I'm at. Like, oh, wow. I, care about all these like all these I, I can't wait for more find. from them <laughs> yeah wow interesting <laughs> all right but so first. but first uh let's have a moment of silence for new mutants not coming out last weekend oh my god yeah we gotta talk about this <laughs> shit <laughs> again so now, i know we talked about last episode but officially new mutants was supposed to fucking come out april 3rd that yep. date we had trailers we had some hype because disney put a little money in promotion for it not that it looked it looked like the Lord was smiling on the X-Men fans, but then the Rona. The Rona. The Rona got it. And out of all the things, because they, Disney already announced Artemis, Artemis Owl, Fowl, whatever it's called. It's Fowl, right? I don't remember. Yeah. I'm a librarian. Artem- I should know. But. You should know. Um, but Artemis Fowl is going to be put on streaming service. And I'm like, okay, they knew that wouldn't make that much money. Put fucking new mutants on hulu what is their problem why are they doing this i'm I starting know. to take it as a personal insult at this like point. you have the perfect excuse now why you, you can put it in theaters you can make trolls available to rent yeah and and the and the world just eats it up and just everyone's renting trolls just put it out to rent then yeah, I mean, if you want I, money, yeah, absolutely. I'll spend twelve dollars to rent it for twenty four hours. I don't care. Absolutely, like, I'll do the same fucking thing. Just let me watch it. It's, I just want to see my new mutants. I just yeah. want to see Arya as Rain. <laughs> and more insulting, 
they re they pushed back all the Marvel movies. They gave them all of them new dates, official. Yeah, new. and they didn't say anything about the New Mutants. Didn't say shit about New Mutants. So I blatant I disrespect for the X Men. That's blatant disrespect for your hosts Nick and Josh, and blatant yeah. disrespect for you, dear listener. Yeah. And so what do we have to do? We have to take on capitalism and we have to kill Disney. Kill Walt Disney again. Yes, we have to find his head, reanimate it, yeah, and then deanimate it. Well, this is actually a plot by him. They actually defrosted him recently, and he gave Corona. Oh, one. oh that's the. I like that Rona theory. There's. I so literally many just thought that just now too. There's so many good ones out there. Here, you <laughs> vamp for a minute. My headphones suck. Sure. Uh, there's also the story of the man, this, the scientist in Nebraska who invented it and then sent it to China and then China exposed it. There's a bunch of great conspiracies. There's so many good ones out there. I keep seeing ones about Bill Gates for some reason. I'm guessing malaria oh. <laughs> drugs. I don't know. I don't know what's I going haven't on. seen that one. That's good. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's bananas. Just um, take hydropoxy, whatever. What do you have to lose other than your life? What do you like? There are two times I can remember the president of the United States saying, what do you have to lose? And both times it's like, oh my God, that's the point. One, when he he told black people to vote for him, he said, what do you have to lose? And I'm like, everything. I don't know. And and even my white ass was like, so much more than they already have. (laughs) And two... Freedom? <laughs> the, what little freedom we've allowed them to have. And two, right now, when he's telling a bunch of scared people to take a, an untested, unverified medication. That people have died from. That people have died from. That people are going to pet stores and drinking whatever fish cleaner for. Like, what is, yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Uh, he's a real-life Senator Kelly, and we'll get more into that. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, good segue. I cut you out, so go ahead, say it again. Uh, he's a real-life Senator Kelly because next week we're going to actually cover God Loves, Man Kills. That's correct. We are. We're going to finally get into it. Since we don't have any uh, any new comics coming out, we, we mentioned this last episode at the end. We're going to cover some stuff we've never covered before, some bad movie specials, some great classic comics, and some comics that neither of us have fully read in Ultimate X-Men. The yeah. Full- Mark Millar run, the full like thirty issue run. Yeah, so probably yeah. shit on it, but we'll probably you know, we'll be fair. If it's good, it's good, but we'll probably end up shitting on it. Um, yeah, it's Mark Millar. I think we're gonna end up shitting on it a little bit. I usually like him. He has some great stuff. But he has some bad. He, stuff too. he has yes. He when he's good, he is top of the game. When he is bad, oh my Ooh. god, <laughs> oh my god, is he bad? But what if there were an asshole? That's his pitch you know, his his twist for everything is okay yeah, what if they're this, and what if they were bad <laughs> yeah the end uh so anyway this week's comic we're gonna start with uh x-men fantastic four i never want to call it fantastic x-men plus fantastic four i don't know really what the name of the series is to be uh, honest with know. you i don't know how it's read is it versus is it I, and i don't remember at this point who's first is it ff then x-men is it x-men then ff i don't know well, what the symbol happened? is a four and then an X, but yeah. then is X-Men and then Fantastic Four. Yeah. So, yeah. This anyway, is not, not great marketing, honestly. Great story, but not great marketing. You know what? Compared to last issue, this was a really good issue. Right? Like this one came, this one bounced back. So issue, yeah, because issue one was so good. Issue two was a letdown in general. Yeah. It wasn't awful, but like didn't live up to issue one. And no. this one really picked back up. 
So I'm yeah. happy about that. Okay, so now we'll talk about the next issue. <laughs> <laughs> so in this issue, the X-Men are kind of chasing Fantastic Four because they just, in all intents and purposes, invaded their country. 100%. Yeah, they invade their country because they're like, what a Fantastic Four, and we want to know where our kids are. So we're going to invade your country and listen to a council meeting. So in, in like, real-world sense, imagine a foreign country speaking mm-hmm. to the White House and listening to a conversation. Like yeah, that. like they're in the Oval Office or they're in the war room. Yeah, that's a legit crime. So they're after them on, I guess, this version of the Blackbird. And then maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first time, because this happened in the latest X-Men movie, where Cyclops has a machine that can help him focus his beam. From this is the first time I've seen it in a comic book, yes. So maybe they got it from the movie, because that was a good I idea. From I did, I, yeah, I did like it too. I'm, listeners, let us know if this has happened elsewhere, but this is the first time I've seen it happen. Yeah, I loved it. And uh, after this, they shoot down the, the not the Quinjet, I forgot what they call their, Fantastic Four call their ship. Oh, and, shit. Yeah, I don't remember either. I know it's famous. I'm sure people are yelling at us, but... yeah. This is an X-Men podcast, okay? Yeah, we're not Fantastic Four nerds. We're X-Men yeah, nerds. There you go. That's much better. So I do, real quick, though, in that opening scene before uh, Scott starts shooting lasers out of his eyes, I love how just, like, casually everyone's stand, like, sitting around as they're on this chase. Rogue is popping her gum. Um, Magneto's just kind of, like, got his hands folded. Emma just looks like she couldn't be bothered. And Scott has, like, kind of a smirk on his face, I think. Like, he's kind of excited for what's happening now. Like, this is going to be fun. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I like that they're all just like, eh, this is just another day in paradise, quite literally. Yeah, exactly. So, they shoot down their ship and uh, basically just have a pretty good fight scene. Like, it was pretty creative the way they're, like, um, ha- having Wolverine immediately jump at Miss Fantastic and then Sue makes, like, an energy bubble around him. Mm-hmm. Johnny to mess up his suit so they can control him. And as they're fighting, Doom's like, what the fuck are you doing on my island? Like, this is my home. You're not allowed here. And it leads to a conversation. And this is the beginning of a lot of interesting dialogue between Doom and the mutants. Yes. A little more later in the book. Yes. He says, or Kitty comes out and says, hey, there's mutants here. Everything's okay. Doom's going to help fix, um, what's the name of Sun's power? Sun's name again? Franklin. Franklin. They're going to fix Franklin's powers because his power is still jacked up. And Doom very gleefully is like, I'm going to do what you couldn't do. as Yeah, yeah. he had a lot of pleasure in these moments of saying, oh, yeah. I am simply doing what his father could not. Or, Sue, yeah. you know I love those children. <laughs> like, they, they like, never just, do anything. Yeah. And I did, while reading, I immediately cut back to thinking of you finding out that he's the godfather. <laughs> yes. He probably does care about them, too. Yeah, I, I do believe that he's not trying to hurt Val yes. or Franklin, I do believe he's trying to hurt the Fantastic Four, yeah. and and as we'll see in a little bit, it it's clear that he's trying to set up the X Men. Yes, for both. God, yes. <laughs> so we cut to Val and Franklin talking about the situation, and then we have kind of the greatest minds in the in in the Marvel universe, other than Iron Man, kind of trying to figure it out. So yeah, Mister Fantastic, Beast, and Doom, kind of putting their minds together, trying to figure out what's wrong with Franklin. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, do well. For, hold on. Yeah. As as Doctor Doom's embassy here, um, <laughs> Doctor Doom has already figured it out. He's just allowing Beast and and Reed Richards <laughs> to look at the formula so that they know it's correct. <laughs> it just, is, you know, just so you know, he's allowing them to view the Von Doom particles. Oh yeah, he kept calling it the Von Doom particles instead of the God particles. <laughs> yes. I just love that. I love that too. 
in fairness, especially in Hickman's Avengers run, Doom was a god. Like, he legit was god. Oh, wow. That's awful. Yeah, exactly. He, You know the Beyonder? Yes. Mm-hmm. He took the Beyonder's power and became oh. for a while. He turned, he turned Human Torch into the sun. He turned <laughs> Thing into the wall that guards the earth. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and then he made Sue naturally his wife. Naturally. And, and then made the kids his kids. Naturally. Even though he was a god, he can never fix his face. That was kind of like the rub. He still couldn't fix his Oh, the old Henry twist. Yeah, so stuff like that. So then we cut back to the mutants saying, like, listen, we're going to do something. We can't leave these mutants here. And then you have Sue and the thing saying, hey, for now, we'll help help you. Because they know if we go into the mainland, Doom doesn't want us there. We're going to break what he considers Latveria law, which, yeah, it's his island. Yeah. It's his law. This is a, yeah, this is part it, it of It is a area. weird situation where no one is wrong. Except for the Fantastic Four. Yes and no, because it, cuts, it <laughs> no. cuts down to like, they're their kids. Yes, but they should have involved Interpol. <laughs> yeah, or the, at least the Avengers, right? Or at least the Avengers, they have or, like... Yeah, because yeah, the Avengers have some kind of legal standing. The Fantastic Four do not. Like, yeah. So while they're invisible, they actually contact the mutants on this place and say, like, hey, are you guys, like, okay? Like, we're going to take you away from here. You can trust us. But they seem a little scared. And then yeah. see a Doom bot, what you think is a Doom bot, outside the window. Now, as someone who's read X-Men or Fantastic Four and other books like that, it's always a Doom bot. Oh, yeah. It's never Doom. It's always a Doom bot. And you it's can always, always a Doom bot. Yeah. And, for, like, and they made it clear in this one, too, because they did a lot of close-ups of Von Doom's eyes. And you can see his generally, like blue eyes or blue brown eyes in one of them for some reason but um the the bot here or what you think is a bot has green eyes which was also a tell that it might not be a bot yeah oh actually i'm sorry i'm skipping over a really important thing i thought it happened later in the book but before all this there's a great conversation between magneto xavier and doom yes says like i respect everything you've done but the idea that you think you're better than me because you have powers is bullshit powers just because you were born with it i earned everything i have i have powers because i fought for it and yeah, that's I, a whole nother twist we've never had yeah I, I liked it i liked how like like just in the very beginning when like charles even just says victor and he's charles like he's just like matter of fact with him like yeah you know you guys think you're better than everyone and you're fucking not like i've built my whole life i've be i had to use my brains my ingenuity Sure, he's done everything for his own selfish, awful reasons. Yeah. But you can see where that kind of resentment and that kind of anger would come from. Like, you just stroll up and you want to get rid of you diplomatic immunity because it works for you and you're basically holding everyone hostage and, and yeah. blackmailing the world. That's. And I a, think he even said, like, I recognize you as a country, but not as a superior. Yes. And, like, that's such a doomed thing to do and say, but he's, again, not wrong. Mm-hmm. No, he's not, he's not. Like, I don't necessarily agree with him because he's, you know, like Victor Von Doom and he's yeah. a hypocrite and he's basically has a country full of slaves, but yeah. he's not wrong. And the funny thing is, this is a conversation I could easily see Black Panther saying the same fucking thing. Yep, him. right. Like this seems- I'm saying, like, we don't think we're better. We just are better. Something mm-hmm. like that. You know? Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see there being some tension between the other fictitious Marvel countries. I do look forward to the day 
when comic books are, are written and published again um <laughs> that <laughs> that black panther like kind of crosses over like wakanda crosses over with krakoa i think that'd be interesting well i stopped reading the tanahatsi coats run of black panther because i just wasn't crazy about it uh-huh when I stopped reading, he was kind of getting back together with Storm. Now, this okay. is for House of X, so I don't know where it's stands yeah. now. But it would be interesting to see where that is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I def- I'm definitely interested in just like a political, from a political stance, where Wakanda and Krakoa come together. And there are Wakandan mutants. That's a thing, too. Yeah, and where do they go? Like, they're, It's not like they're not safe where they're at already. Like In uh, X-Men Red by Tom Taylor, he mm-hmm. introduced Wakandan mutants. And that's, oh, cool. So, yeah. That's a thing too. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting. If we ever get to that. So back to this book, doom being doom, but like that middle ground of not being wrong, but you're still an asshole. Yes. Uh, we cut back to fantastic four and X-Men now teaming up fighting doom bots. And eventually Logan's like, I can deal with this shit. And he just stabs the doom bot. And at the same time, we see doom press a button that actually electrocutes. It seems, or no, not electrocutes, but like charges up. Franklin because what they're using on Franklin can either take away his powers forever or recharge him. And yes. Franklin says like, I want to recharge. I'll take the risk. And Reed basically says like, you're special without your powers. And he's like, that's easy for you to say. You have powers. Yes. But I and want- even if you lost your powers, you're still the smartest man in the world. You know? Yeah. Like- and then we'd kind of do a hard cut back to Wolverine's claws and now there's blood on them. And we see that uh, it's a man under the mask. And Doom says they've just murdered a Latverian. Unjustifiable. And see, he he's planned this. Oh, yeah. He set it up. 100%. Completely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. forgivable. And yes. then the Doom, the Doom Sentinel bots or Sentinel Doom bots. Yeah, I don't know how you, yeah, the Doom Sentinels, the Doom Sentinels. Yeah, yeah. Doom Sentinels, yeah. So, I remember last issue, me and you both said, we don't want this to end with just Fantastic Four and X-Men teaming up fighting Doctor Doom. It looks like... That's exactly what's going to happen. But the way they're getting there is much better than what I... Yeah, it definitely, it still doesn't feel like just a classic, oh, there's Doctor Doom being the enemy again. It it feels like there's still political intrigue. It still feels like there's ramifications because of what the X-Men are doing um, politically and culturally. So I, I still, I'm interested to see where it's going still. Despite the fact oh. that it clearly looks like now it's just a team-up book. Yeah. Um, but we still have the issue because allegedly April 29th, next issue, probably not. Probably not. Um, I feel like this is a situation that Dr. Doom, thinking he's right, could use this to either copy Franklin's powers Oh, uh-huh. Or at least he thinks he can copy it. Mm-hmm. Or somehow control Franklin without yeah. Franklin knowing. Yeah, I would I would assume that his his motive is to basically make make a new Franklin. Yeah. Cool or or somehow Franklin. give or somehow take Franklin's powers and put them in his own body. He does have an actual son, Doctor Doom. That's a thing. He has a son. He's oh, okay. He just doesn't call him ever. He just Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck about him. Yeah, fair. Fair. And he has a herald because he's like, well, if Galactus is a herald, I should have a herald, basically. I do, I do know about the herald. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. so that, that was a thing. <laughs> so how like, many? Literally, because of that. 
Um, out of five, I'd say four X's or four and a half. Yeah, I, get, I ended up giving it five because I couldn't do. Do, I, do we always have to give it four? This is. <laughs> I feel like yes. I feel like we yeah. have to. <laughs> always give it four. No, always yeah. at least four. Yeah, four and a half. I'll give that. Uh, but it's good, really good. But we're gonna get to both our favorite books of this batch. Hands uh, yeah. by Zeb Williams, correct? Zeb Wells, yeah. Wait, Wells, sorry, Wells. Um, he, if you didn't know, he wrote New Mutants for a while. Mm-hmm. He wrote New Mutants, I want to say early, mid-2000s. Like, and it was a good run. I read a good chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I, I read a few of them recently again. They were pretty good. I, yeah, they uh, made, I think they made a new collection. for. Oh, cool. It was coming out. They made a new collection. Um, but I totally forgot he was writing this book. So when I read it, I, when it was announced, I wasn't excited, really. And when I read it, I'm like, okay, let's get into it. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. The characters, the premise. The humor. The humor. Like, everything about this book fucking it, works. It fucking clicks, man. Like, I, I had no excitement level. Could not care less about. Yeah, so, like, I, I couldn't care less about the characters when, when I, this was announced at all. Like, any, of, any of them, right? Any of them. Like, Havoc a little bit. I mean, just because, you know, it's Havoc. And, and yeah. Psylocke I was kind of like not feeling because we just got that Fallen Angels crap (laughs) like but like I saw Zeb Wells I knew he was a good writer and I was like all right well let's see what happens and fuck man this book really like delivers and this book reads like someone like us who's been reading every X-Men book and knows how the characters are should react and knows the situation the characters are in yes like some except I don't know yeah, so I don't, I don't know why Havoc is the way he is right now. Like I, I've okay, I've lost I have track a thing Havoc about that. Years. Okay, yes, I might have an explanation for you for that. Okay, so let's wait until we explain how he is, or do you want? To yeah, do yeah, no, 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 we can get into it. So issue one of Hellions by Zeb Wells uh, starts off with the X Men going on a mission. How they're gonna do? And Nightcrawler and Havoc get into a major big fight. And they kind of insinuate that some mutants are already dead, I think. Um, well, they, I think their theory is, so this is happening on the anniversary of the mutant massacre. Yes. So their theory is that somebody's stealing these weapons to do another mutant massacre. Which is such a great callback for a lot of these characters. Oh my God, I know. Especially as they start putting this team together. Yeah, I was so shocked by that. That's that's right when I knew. I was like, okay, the art's working for me, and this premise right off the bat's working for me. Yeah, the art. There were times where I'm like, man, the art feels a little still, but then there are times where I'm like, man, this art is so good. Like it's like like, explosions. Oh yeah, I know. And like, like a lot of like the the character work here is really good. Yeah. So in the middle of this fight, Havoc kind of loses it. Like he energy blasts from his hands, guys, right in the head, directly in the head, Mm -hmm. and losing his fucking mind in this fight and literally Wolverine has to like stop him. And he's, As Nightcrawler later po- points out Logan had to stop him. Like, yeah. what does that tell you? And the way he was reacting, like, Ro- I think his name's Rockslide, right? Rockslide yeah. like, mm-hmm. him, Logan stopping him and he's kind of just going berserk essentially and saying, Logan kind of reminding hey, the first rule is we can't kill man. Like, you gotta stop. Yeah. Even the next force, he fucking burst the guy's chest but whatever so that that was a covert mission and that's different as no one knows about that yep so 
that happens and we cut to a trial. But and, right before that, like right before that cut, like Alex seems like snap out of it. And he says, what did I do? Like he doesn't even really remember what the fuck just happened. Okay, yeah. So this is what I want to get into. I don't know how much of this is actually canon anymore, but it should still be canon. A long time ago, do you remember the book Uncanny Avengers? I remember it, but I didn't read it. It was really good. It was Rick Remander, but the mm-hmm. end of it, to me wasn't good. It didn't have a good payoff, but it was essentially something happened where Red Skull combined with the powers of Xavier, kind of, mm-hmm. uh, switched people's emotions. So, like, there was a time Sabretooth was a good guy. Mm. There was a bunch of villains and heroes fighting, and Red Skull switched them. So they were good and bad. And at the end of the whole event, they were switched back by this big energy wave. But the only people not in the energy wave were Havoc and Sabretooth. Oh, so are you, so there was the potential that there's part of Sabretooth still in Havoc? No, no, no. When I say switch, I mean emotion-wise. Like, okay. the guy-wise. So, yeah, so there's part of, like, his feralness, you would say, like, in Havoc? Yeah. Okay. In a sense, yeah. Like, the, the bad guy, I don't Like, not his him. memories, but, like, his personality. Yeah. Interesting. But the thing is, I didn't know that's canon anymore because Sabretooth doesn't act like he has a good side. Yeah, but I don't, who knows? Because no, no, I, I, I looked yeah. around a little bit online and I didn't see an explanation for it. I saw a lot of people saying, like, it's unclear really what's going on with Alex. So Yeah. Or it could be deeper. It could just be, like, a mental break of, like, not could be. Is what he has. Yeah, I mean, he's always had anger issues, and not yeah. always, but like, especially in like toward the '90s and stuff, they started giving him more anger, little brother issues. Yeah, but either way, it was good. And I, I, for me, as someone who read that whole series and that whole mm-hmm. event, that's the first thing I thought of. Okay, maybe, maybe there's something to it then. And he also kind of lost his mind because there was an alternate reality that he remembered where he married Wasp and they had a little girl. Oh, I remember you kind of telling me about that. Yeah, yeah and then like Kane the Conqueror stole their child and he never got her back, and they never received that in the, the amount of the amount of shit they put Alex Summers through. <laughs> like who who has been through more shit, Scott or Alex? Ooh. Like we're we're gonna have to start a Twitter poll and find out who had. Oh man, when it depends, and we'll get to it in this book when you involve Madeline Pride. I got prior, Scott, yeah, prior, yeah. Then you gotta say Scott, but then. I know. Been through some shit, man. but then also Alex dated Maddie for a little bit too. <laughs> After she became the Goblin Queen, so oh fuck, Jesus. yeah, that's <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's pretty tight. It's a pretty tight race between who's had a more fucked up life. Also, uh, I don't know if it's on purpose, but the the um the opening page that says "Welcome Home" above mm-hmm. it looks like a, a sad face. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't read the Krakoans. I don't know if that's a real thing, but yeah, it definitely looks like a sad face. That was my first thought too. Like, oh, yeah. All right, so we uh, cut to the council, and the dialogue they're using with the council felt so perfect. Oh my god, sassy like little annoyance. Back. Oh yeah, sassy sinister, little annoyance. Uh, Exodius just having no patience for anyone's bullshit. Uh, just stuff like that was really great, and. We cut to the, uh, I guess they were the original Hellions, Empath and the people in that group. Empath was part of the original Hellions, yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Before that, basically they said, uh, what do we do with them while talking about Alex? And we see the cast of Hellions. We'll, we'll get to them when we go to their phone. And basically, we assume they've been brought back from the dead. You know, they've been resurrected. Mm-hmm. Empath is just making people fight and enjoying it. That's what he does. Yeah, Empath, an like, 
I yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you know about empath, and I don't know how much our listeners know about empath. Surface level for me. Yeah, yeah. he is one of my least favorite characters from both. <laughs> like, I think he's a piece of shit. Yeah, and he and he also doesn't interest me. Like, he's just uh, like a fucking abuser. Like, he's not even like a villain. He's just like, he's just like the epitome of like every man that like has that kind of you know like everything that you think is incel. wrong with a man yeah <laughs> he's basically an incel yes and well, so i, I don't know you watched angel fun. right um not the complete thing but yeah, yeah i've seen no it. there was a character who essentially was him i want to say like season two-ish oh okay cordelia and his whole thing was he could psychically affect women and yeah make- i've I, yeah yeah I oh no that. sorry he, he affected men so he could abuse women that's oh. what he- I don't remember that one. I do remember there like, being something where like somebody had like some pheromones or whatever where they made everybody love. I'm sure there was that too, but yeah. Unless it was Buffy an Angel is definitely a pheromone person. Yeah. But- <laughs> that might have been Buffy. <laughs> yeah. But um no, remind me of that character. But then we see even like a little a little notes about empath and the problem. Which I thought would this was really this was the one and only time I've ever been interested in empath reading this over and how they described because his mutant powers activated when he was pretty young he never truly developed the sense of right and wrong or like ironically never got empathy (laughs) exactly so like because from an early age he was just always able to control how people react to anything he does he's only ever had positive feedback from people and he's never been told that's wrong he's never been made to feel like anything he's done is wrong so it really does bring up the whole premise of this book which is what do you do about a person who isn't evil, but their mutant power has made them that way. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah. They're it's, not using their mutant powers for evil. Their mutant powers make them evil. Like, yeah. Do we respect that? Like, like what do we do about that? Like, that's which honestly, crazy thinking. You can go back to Sabretooth and be like, his mutant power makes him feral. Yeah, but so does Wolverine's, and he's, uh, he's generally nice. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> we cut to... You will uh, not catch me sticking up for Sabretooth on this podcast. <laughs> uh, we cut to Orphan Maker fighting uh, Beast and Angel saying that he wants his, mo- his Annie. Oh, God. This scene and, is so creepy. Yeah. We just fight anyone who takes him away. And then Nanny uh, comes over to Peter yep. and each other and she sings for him. Yeah, it's disgusting. My Angel? only real, my really only experience with with uh, Orphan Maker in the nanny or in like some Gen X books. I know nothing about them. At so all. that's I don't I don't know enough to give backstory, but they always creep me out. Anytime I even see them, they just like what a creepy idea. <laughs> it's it's uncomfortable for sure. <laughs> uh, then we cut to Wild Child. I'm still confused how Wild Child exists in this dimension. Okay, so I think this is on us, and we probably should have done research way back in the day when we knew he was coming. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I only know, I I know Wild Child existed briefly before Age of Apocalypse. I just never knew about him before Age of Apocalypse. I so, thought he was an Age of Apocalypse. Kid. No, I just recently found out myself too that he did exist. It just he wasn't like I think he was an Alpha Flight character maybe that was kind of around. So. Again, I've ne- I've seen him one and only one time, and that was during Age of Apocalypse, and I have never seen him since. So I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Fair enough. So Sage and I don't know the other mutant next to Sage. Oh, I didn't catch her name either. But they're supposed to bring Wild Child medication to calm him down, 
And when they bring the medication, the other mutant finds out that he hasn't been taking his other ones either. It's a hole in the ground, and he's been burying all of his medication. Yes. The fuck out and tries to attack them, and they really have no idea what to do. Cut to um, Harpoon, I think is his mutant name. No, uh, Scalp Hunter. I thought it was Harpoon. No, Harpoon is a different person. This is Scalp Hunter. This He's is the guy with a harpoon on his hand. Yeah. The harpoon mm-hmm. on his hand. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That makes more this sense. This guy just has a gun on his hand. Yeah. But it kind of looks like a harpoon <laughs> when you first turn to the page, so I can see where you're yeah. from. So he, as they mentioned, the Marauder... Well, he was part of the original Marauders. That, yeah, he was that, part of the original Marauders, and they're, they're the, um, the, the sewer people, Morlocks. Yeah, the original Marauders were sent by Mr. Sinister to murder the Morlocks. Yeah, a story that has been retconned so many fucking times. <laughs> so that's the version I know. <laughs> I don't know if there's a newer one. Well, it seems like the Morlocks didn't fucking forget, and on the anniversary, they're like, "We're gonna fuck you up, basically." And he kind of was like, "I was just chilling, but if you want to go, let's go." Yes, he and, looks like he's ready to fight them. Yeah, and we cut back to the council talking to everyone, and I love this moment of. Cyclops going, wait a minute, what the fuck? Havoc, my brother, is not one of them. Like, he's not fucked up like them. Yeah, that did lead to a lot of, like, the council having to tell Scott to know his place. Yeah, that was interesting. The guy who's usually a leader is now being told by a rumor, mm-hmm. and you need to sit the fuck down. Yep. So, the dynamics have yeah. shifted. Yeah. But I like the ending of that scene when they're kind of going back and forth about Scott, you need to calm down. We'll handle yeah. this. <laughs> and then there's that scene where Magneto says, listen, if, if, if Alex had killed somebody, he would have been in the pit. And Scott writes, writes back. Scott says back, in that case, it would have been no choice either. Like he basically I, said, I, I would I, have no choice. I would have had no choice. Yeah. Like he would have, he would have waged war on Krakoa for his brother. And I love and knowing it. Scott's past of going against the other mutants or going out on his own, if you will. That's, yeah. I feel like Ileana would still go with him. I love any art that shows when he gets mad, his eyes light up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like he's holding back energy. Cause uh-huh. like, if you fuck with my brother, I'm going to fuck with you back. I know it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was nice to see Scott coming through as like the protector that he is. Yeah. It honestly felt like the most Cyclops we've had mm-hmm. run. Yeah. So that, that was interesting. That And again, showed cracks in the perfect society. Mm-hmm. It's coming apart already. <laughs> and then we have Sassy Sinister himself saying, I have an idea <laughs> and give him to me. And everyone kind of was like, what? <laughs> I love he raffles on this big speech and Apocalypse is like, I've not grown so accustomed to bureaucracy that I'll listen to you pedal on indefinitely. Reach your point before violence comes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that was, that was great. And then, of course, out of all fucking people, Scott's like, sinister? Are you serious? You're going to give a <laughs> summer's brother? brother? <laughs> and uh, of all people, Gene says, your objections are heard, Scott. I promise you. But the Quiet Council will decide how to proceed. Now leave us. Yeah, yeah. So, Storm is the one who says, "Now leave us." Yeah. Yeah. So his two oldest friends, kind of, yeah, telling him, "Just get the fuck out. Get out of here, and we'll handle this." They basically tell him, "Trust us, we got this." And then how does it end? Alex is with Mister Sinister, so they don't got yeah. it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. They think it's the best course. Uh, and then we have Cyclops basically telling Psylocke, you need to be there for me to watch everything. Yes. And I, I want to say, I love the art up until they get to Cyclops. Remember Cyclops? Psylocke. They like, and I'm wondering, I'm hoping it's done intentionally and ironically, but every, as we go through, watch every panel that Psylocke is in, she's doing like a dramatic pose to like, it almost looks like she can never stand properly. She's always like, her <laughs> like chest. Like a model, model cover? Yeah, like it, she looks like the cover of like, like if Jim Lee drew, like every shot she's in is a Jim Lee cover. I can see that. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm hoping that it's done ironically. <laughs> because otherwise it's like internally posing yeah like why is she standing like this all the time now i don't remember the exact dialogue but we're kind of getting to the first mission because sinister basically says i can get them to do something so they can vent out their crazy frustrations yeah so he sends them on a mission to go to his one of his orphanage. old <laughs> yeah one of his old cloning labs yes. but he that made me laugh like crazy where he was like apparently you can't have cloning facilities it's immoral and against god <laughs> like, <laughs> i just i love and we skipped over like we skipped over it earlier when he when he calls out exodus he's like are your shoulder ornaments getting larger i will not have this no one will outdo my shoulder ornaments <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh my god he's insane and then there's even a scene where scalp hunters like you have to like beat down Wild child for him to respect you, and then like he immediately attacks him. Yeah, <laughs> he has to actually beat him down. And Alice goes, "Holy shit!" Like almost like, "Where am I? Who yeah. are?" You? He's having. He's definitely having one of those. How did I get here? Moments in like. Yeah. He's he's also it's one of those things where it's like it's like a movie where like the the kid who thinks he's a bad kid ends up with like the really bad kids, and then yeah. he's like, <laughs> "Oh shit!" <laughs> oh, and when Sinister sees Nanny. Oh my God! His reaction is like, "Oh God!" Me. <laughs> I'm sorry. With the little mouth, you look just like, "What do you want?" <laughs> uh, so, I like, love this sinister. I love this sinister. Everything about it is pretty damn perfect, and the way he's just like rushing him off to clean up one of his old problems. Yeah. And when Psylocke Sy- confronts him too, she's like, "There's something you're not telling us." He's like, "Of course there is. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't be fun." <laughs> like, like, I'm not hiding it. I'm just not telling. I'm you. just not telling you, and I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> so we cut to one of his old uh, cloning facilities, and we see people hanging upside down, blood dripping, and we know someone's talking, doing some kind of weird dark magic. And we see Madeline Pryor with the, the Goblin Queen. Yes, with the corpses of various mutants. They look like old marauders, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, old marauder clones, because he's a clone. Or wait, well, that, that might be Iceman in the back, right? Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, they're so not... Like a clone of Iceman. Yeah, they're just clones. Yeah, they're not just marauders. So, wow. Yeah, Maddie's back already, oh, yeah. and now we're never going to get a new issue. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so with Maddie being back, maybe we can take this time to go over Inferno a little bit, too. I do because you gave it to me. I you got yeah. Next time, so you I do, do have it. to actually read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we'll do. I, I know, I know, I know a good. I know about it. I just don't know like everything. Else. Oh, sure, sure. Me neither. I can't remember everything. Um. So yeah, maybe, maybe I'll be a we, book later down. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say because who knows when this is gonna ever end. So how many? Definitely five stars on this one, man. Like five x. hundred ten percent. Like just 
a fun story, a funny story, one that ends with like such a, an intriguing cliffhanger, like just great. And then having Maddie, having Maddie be the, the villain for a book that involves Sinister, that involves the Summers, that, you know, like has that like tie back to like a lot of the mutant massacre stuff, like it's fucking great, man. And raises questions like how long has she been there? Been a lot brought her back. Who was brought she her dead? back? Was she dead? I don't know for sure that she was dead though. Yeah, she was dead. Was she dead? Okay. Yeah. And then like also a bigger well, question. Well, she is also Phoenix, so maybe she just came back on her own. Because she does she's her basically life... great. But think if you killed her by mutant law. Do you have to bring her back? Or because she's a Jean Grey, you don't have to bring her back? Like, I don't like, know. I don't know where we fall down on Miss Maddie, but I think we're going to find out. Yeah, so that was really interesting. Five X's, 110%. I cannot, it went from a book I didn't give a fuck about. Right? Like easily one of my top books. Like within the first couple of pages, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm hooked already. And then was ending with the Goblin Queen, I was like, shit, you sons of bitches I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Fully got me, yeah. All right, next up we have Giant Size X-Men uh, number Nightcrawler. One. Number two. Number one, Nightcrawler. Well, yeah, number yeah. two. Um, I thought this issue was fine. I wasn't crazy about it. I Plot-wise, yeah, I, I wasn't thrilled with the plot. Um, I love the characters that were in it. I love the interactions and things that it sets up. And I absolutely love a Nightcrawler story drawn by Alan Davis because Alan Davis, for those who don't, who may not know Alan Davis was one of the artists that worked a lot with Chris Claremont in the eighties on the X-Men. And anytime, anytime Alan Davis drew one of the Chris Claremont books, it was always a Nightcrawler heavy. one. He was always, that was his, his baby. He loved Nightcrawler. And then I believe if I'm not mistaken, Alan Davis went on to do, um, Excalibur. He was the okay. first artist on Excalibur. So, which again was another Nightcrawler. Rachel, Rachel was in that book that we see in here too. So, like a lot of like getting getting to see Alan Davis draw the characters that he basically created and and set the standard for was just fucking amazing. So I was so happy to see Alan Davis back. But so, yeah, plot wise, meh. <laughs> yeah, man. Give him man. I was I was wondering because I thought these books would ex- would extend like the last book did about storylines happening actually inside of x-men yeah i i do like that they're a vault and stuff like that i do like that they're one-offs that also seem like they're setting up real big issues in the future yes you know like the first one we had a big issue of um storms catatonic (laughs) and and how did it end what what did they have to do with that Shit, they found know. out that she has like a month to live. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. She's about Something to like die. That. So there are big, big repercussions for that. This one, big repercussions. They just gave away the mansion. <laughs> like, yeah. And and Lady Mastermind is back, which is another mutant that's a, a bad guy. Yeah. So works with them a lot. And and also, <clears throat> Lady Mastermind was around um, when the Children of the Vault were introduced. She was one oh, of the okay. first ones to introduce or, or to like interact with that that team so i do like that so maybe there's a connection yeah so there might be some kind of connection there so this book opens up going back to the x-mansion we've had no reference of what the fuck right when uh, when they got there i'm like why didn't i never think to ask where the fuck the x-mansion was like at no point that i even think to myself i wonder what's going on at the mansion no they and it's kind of weird they just left it to kind of overgrow Well, well they put a portal there yes and then, yeah, there's kind of let Krakoa, like, grow itself out. But, like, 
I thought they'd make it a museum or something. Like, there's no, there's no, um, I don't know, Senate, like, uh, sentiment. There's, there's no, no, it's just, this is, this was our home, but now it's not. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, the amount of times it was blown up and rebuilt, like, I, yeah, pro- you can't get probably attached. Probably, yeah, you probably, you probably <laughs> learned to not get attached to it. Uh, so we have a team going there because they've been getting, they've been detecting mutants, but don't see any mutants. Yes. So the team and we have here. We have Ileana. Cypher. Yeah, okay. go ahead. We have Ileana. We have, uh, what's his, his eyes? What's his actual name, though? Like, what's his code name? I forget. They didn't put one of those charts in this book. It's at the end because they didn't uh, want to give the surprise of Master Lady Mastermind away. God, I can't remember his name now. So, yeah, we have Cypher. Eye Iboy, thank you. So we have Cypher. Yeah, we always get the, the easy ones wrong. Yeah, for real. We, we struggle to find. What was her name? Blindfold? Yeah, Blindfold. <laughs> um, so Iliata, Iboy, Cypher, Doug Ramsey. We got Nightcrawler and we got Lockheed. Which is this because Kitty's dead? So yeah, I don't know when this takes place. Obviously Lockheed's back. Yeah. Um, I didn't question it a whole lot because again, it was... It was Alan Davis drawing Lockheed Nightcrawler, Ram the Grand. Maybe he just wanted to. Like, just wanted I think like uh, part of me took it like, all right, this is the Excalibur team. He's bringing like half of an Excalibur team here, so let's just run with it. Yeah. So they're trying to investigate why there's the energy signature of mutants, but not actual mutants. And Lockheed gets a little like anxious and runs away, like he saw something. And then Nightcrawler sees um, not Warpath Thunderbird, right? Thunderbird. Yeah. Which then I thought, oh yeah, they never brought back Thunderbird yet. Why haven't they brought back Thunderbird? Yeah, I feel like you need to. He needs his own proper thing because he's not a character that comes back often. Like of all the X Men that have died and come back, he's, he's not never like that, full on come back. No, they've just basically let his brother be be the one, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's weird that they haven't had a thing for him yet. But I'm sure they will. Yeah. So now Nightcrawler sees like a shadowy warpath. They go after him. He disappears. They don't know what's going on. Lockheed's burning down all this plant growth everywhere. <laughs> um, Nightcrawler's kind of bamping around. Then he sees old school hound Rachel. Yeah. Doesn't know what that was going on. He's trying to follow her into this kind of weird organic-y pit. Mm-hmm. Like you're in someone's intestines. Yeah, it's weird looking. Here down. And then this is probably the most important aspect of this issue where a cypher goes to like this ball, this weird alien ball. And then he sees this little creature and sees that like this, this alien life form is living inside the X-Mansion. Yes. They're like these weird alien bounty hunters. I believe these are from Excalibur too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, that, I don't know. Yeah. So everyone in the team separately is learning about these things, but because they're separate, we also find out that fucking warlock is alive. Well, we did. We knew that because remember we had that one scene where Warlock and Cipher were sitting around talking to Krakoa. Remember that? Yes, but we didn't, we didn't know that meant. We didn't, we know, didn't know that meant he was fully alive or what was going on. We still don't fucking know what's going on. But we got we got some choice Warlock dialogue, which I'm always here to hear for the Warlock dialogue. Well, in the middle of all this, um, Eyeboy, Nightcrawler, and Magic are fighting off these little creatures while Cipher is just talking to them. And then magic kind of portals to find Cypher and sees Warlock. And he says, happy to see friend Ileana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he kind of explains what happened with, uh, with Warlock and why he's been hiding him. 
Uh, kind of forgot a little bit of explanation to be honest. So he doesn't really. He tells. She's like, God, Warlock. What do you do? And like he's like, she's like, Doug. What's going on? And and Warlock says, Shh, shush, 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 friend Ileana. Secret has to stay secret for friend's sake. And then Doug says, I will tell you, I will tell you what's going on. I promise. But you have to keep it between us. And she says, Of course, you you need to ask. And then as he's getting ready to tell her, the ciders are like, No, no, you told us you were going to take care of this first. And so he yeah. gets interrupted. And then we never get the real answer is what the fuck Warlock's doing back. And, this, and why he's hiding it from people. Yeah. There's definitely, it might loop back into the whole, the whole phalanx shit going on in the future. It might. I mean, it, it would make sense. I mean, because, right, I mean, Doug might know somehow because he's basically, he has access to Krakoa and I'm sure yeah. Krakoa knows what's going on. So... The, they make a deal with the alien creatures to give them the mansion just so they can keep hatching and do their own thing as long as they can use the gates as they want. And they basically found out the reason there's been illusions happening is because of Lady Mastermind. <laughs> She's such a weird character. But yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically they had captured her as she was trying to go to Krakoa through, one, through the mansion gate. This bounty hunter thing that are basically a bunch of spiders trapped her in a net. And trying to get out, she's basically her powers went wild and just created a nightmare world. Yeah, and that's kind of the end of the issue. They make the deal, and that's basically it. Yeah, and I like how it ends too. Is they ask Cipher what kind of deal he made. They'll they'll stay clear of the gateway in case someone wants to use it. But I had to agree to give them the rest of the estate for their nest. I'm guessing that's going to be a problem. And Nightcrawler says, maybe, maybe not. You never know, Douglas. Perhaps we can find a way to make it work. And why shouldn't we be hopeful? These are new days for our people. And today we've added one more to our number. So it ends on kind of a positive note, but also yeah. kind of like a, yeah, there's going to be some problems down the road. <laughs> it could go wrong, but uh, let's not worry about it today. So, so how many X's did you give it? Uh, I just didn't love it. I, I'd probably have to say three and a half. I gave it four for the one... Probably one and a half stars for the art and then, you know, the rest because it's definitely set up a lot of interesting things moving forward. Yeah. Okay. So next up we have X-Men number nine. Number and nine. Really funny about this is the idea that this is the fucking first issue that's actually a continuation of the last issue. I was going to say the same thing, dude. I was about to, I was going to be like, dude, we finally have a continuation of the X-Men and now we'll never have another X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> With a, with a satisfying ending. So let's get right into with it. It's such a fucking good ending. Oh my God. Yeah. I love just not to spoil the actual ending, but like, I love the humor of the ending. This has been yeah. a very heavy, scary because it's the brood two part series. And then to end on kind of a humorous fucking note was, it was really good. So last issue, if you guys don't remember, Oh, sorry. Hold on a second. You want me to pause? Yeah, sure go so last issue if you guys don't remember they were fighting the brood and led them into space and uh one of the i guess older um accusers from the kree empire wanted to use these brood for something so this book actually starts off in the past when they're building the idea of a brood king yeah species which is interesting it was very interesting um i didn't really like it at first because i was like wow this is really changing all the history of the brood real quick. 
and kind of like I wasn't feeling it. But then like as I thought about it more, I was like, no, I like it because it really sets the brood up as some something that was seen as an important species as well you know like and it's never one you you always talk about the Cree and the and the fucking shiar empire and um what's the other one shit the one that changes their shit. oh squirrels squirrels yeah. yeah so like you you know you think of those big three but like the brood is just as powerful and big of a of a species as any of the others so well like, if you think about it it continues the kind of comparison to alien like the xenomorphs yeah the more you learn about them, the more you learn how they're like genetically engineered and stuff like that. They weren't just mm-hmm. away. They were. Yeah. Yeah. Which is again, not something I enjoyed as the alien franchise moved on, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I like Prometheus. Uh, so <laughs> well, this isn't the Prometheus podcast. So let's move. Well, on. well, it's a decent movie. All right. Just, anyway. Uh, so <laughs> we get to that past flashback, but then we cut to the present where we're actually having the team of, Havoc, oh, the whole Summers family, essentially, and Brood. Yeah, the Summers family's got to take care of this. Well, they have the king egg, and they're flying directly towards the accuser. And we cut back to Sunspot, basically being a dick as usual. Uh, would you expect anything else? Nope. And he's kind of saying, like, yeah, I didn't get the egg for you. And, like, what's and he's like, you could just beat up those guys again. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. I sent someone else. And we have gladiator and his son and the uh, supreme guard just getting into a fight with an accuser which is awesome as someone who loves cosmic books this is awesome yeah this is definitely right up your alley especially him getting him punched punching gladiator punching an accuser through the ship into space and then get whale's mouth (laughs) (laughs) and i just love the chomp chomp (laughs) all that is is absolutely fantastic and the summer ship is actually crashing on a planet nearby. Because that's the thing that gets chumped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Half their ship. And as they crash, they don't know what the fuck to do. And we kind of get like a voiceover narration of how dangerous the brood are, and how to stop at nothing, how the queens don't want to lose their power. Fear mm-hmm. the, uh, the king egg. Yeah. And- so this is, yeah, this is Jean telling Scott, like as they're crashing, she's like, Scott, Oh, was it Jean? I, I didn't yeah. get that. She's like, Scott, you need to, this is what we're going to face. This is what they feel like. Mad, you need to put yourself in this feeling. How would you feel if your family, your race, your entire living, like the way you've built your entire life was now threatened by one thing? Would you, wouldn't you stop at absolutely nothing to get like just the scene she's painting and then they end up in a cave surrounded by the brood after she paints yeah. them Blasting as ravenous, them crazy. <laughs> like, oh my God, so so intense and so cool looking. And all this is getting deeper. They're getting more and more surrounded. They're scared. They don't know what's going to happen. And then they all stop. These giant queens and the whales and the tiny broods, they all stop because now there's only one king and it cuts to brew just eating the king egg. Just going at it. And he's just, sorry, I ate it. Like, yeah. And now, real quick to solve it, <laughs> Brew is the king of the brood. Fuck so, awesome. <laughs> what does that mean for, oh my God, I'm so excited for future of the brood. And we did find out um, somewhere in this book, I think at the end, um, that we don't know how long the effects last of the king egg. Oh no, five to 10 years. Um, that the effect will last 
but mm-hmm. production of a rival king egg can disrupt the host control of the hive. So there's another yeah. plot hole. <laughs> That's or not hole, but like a plot, you know, plot point that could come up. Oh, that could be like a scene where like the phalanx is gonna kill all the mutants and then an army of brood just fucking attack. Yeah, like, right, yeah. So many things he could pull in the middle of an event. Like yeah. for because he wrote Avengers, I wanna say for about four years. And it went from Avengers and New Avengers back and forth to uh, Secret Wars. Yes, that's right. I do. There was that. things from fucking the first issue of Avengers that affected the very last issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Things There's from his Fantastic Four run that affected the last issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not for the long game. <laughs> no, none of this is just going to be dangling strings that, that never get tied if, if, they get, if they get the proper chance. Yeah, that's why I'm not too afraid of like when things don't get resolved right away. No. But, no, he didn't forget it. So I give that a four four X's. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was a little, it was quick, but in a good way. Nothing felt wasted, and it had a funny but impactful ending. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then we get to what a issue I thought I liked a lot, but then I reread it and I didn't like it as much. So I went back to just kind of go over it. And I'm like, oh, I forgot everything that happened in this book. Yeah. Like it didn't stick. Like it wasn't bad. It just mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those, and it definitely was one that like, I felt the same way. Like I, I remembered liking it and I gave it four X's in the pot in the notes, but then I read it again and I'm like, this is a three X book. What was I thinking? (laughs) It felt like I've read it before. Yeah. And whatever. Like it was, it was cliche. Yes. It was cliche. I'll say that. Yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, Wolverine number two. And also, I was wondering, are we going to cut to the vampire story, or are we going to cut to... The- Not in this one, at least. <laughs> so, when are we going back to... Is the next issue going to be about the vampire story? That's kind of stupid if we just go back and If forth. we do the X-Men thing, but with Wolverine. Yeah, like, that's not as worth it. But, uh, so we have, I believe, Bishop and Storm, so the Marauders, uh, going on a mission, but they're attacked by a zombie... For some reason, a zombie kitty pride. Okay, so here let me. I just read it, so let me let me take over. <laughs> so what happens? The Marauder is adrift. It, um, Bishop is checking out what's going on. He's trying to figure out why the ship is acting weird. He finds Iceman throwing the petals that they're supposed to be smuggling. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. overboard. Pyro is on another ship, handing it to that pale lady that can control people's minds. And when Bishop finds sees what's going on, he tries to shoot the lady. Storm is also under her power, so she blows him off of the boat, and she he falls into the water. And then we see a zombie kitty pride, which I don't understand why we Can see. You hear that. me? Yeah. My my computers did like a battery needs charging thing, so okay. like audio change. Let me just put the plug in real quick. Okay. Okay, so yeah, so with Wolverine, it's the issue starts on the Marauder, Bishop and I forget how they're here, but Bishop is basically the, the boat is astray and Bishop's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. He finds Iceman throwing packages, like frozen packages of their petals off boat and then Pyro is defrosting them and handing them to some people that are all under the mind control of the pale girl, I think they call her, or the pale woman, I forget now, or yeah. the pale lady. Some some such name, something pale, and then a term for a woman, because um, they're not very creative. So just whatever you want to do. Um, 
so he realizes what's going on. He tries to shoot her. And then when Storm, who's also under her control, uses her powers to knock him off the boat, we find a zombie Kitty Pride, which is one of the few things in the story that I don't understand what's happening. Like, so I don't know when this takes place and how a zombie Kitty Pride is there or if he's just seeing it because the pale woman is like kind of manipulating him and making him see this now. Especially because last issue, the first issue of Wolverine, Wolverine talked to Kitty. Yeah, and then us like, yeah, that was, but that was that was set before the rest of this. Like that was like a, a flashback before the rest okay. of the story. Um, and so yeah, you know what? No, you're right because that is what's happening. That's why she's a, why he sees a zombie because the issue started last issue started with Wolverine killing everybody because she made him think everybody else was his enemy. So she can make yeah. people see whatever they want. So he's being dragged down by what he sees as a zombie Kitty Pride. So there you yeah. go. Um, we then, let me cut through these. We then cut to <clears throat> a flashback of when Wolverine killed his teammates. Again, that's what we, he sees. Sabretooth, one of the Weapon X doctors, uh, Lady Deathstrike. Yeah. And he's trying to fight all them. And that's when, as he's killing them, he realizes, oh, whoops, I'm actually killing my friends. The doctor was quit and choir. Sabretooth, I think, was I don't remember who was with them. And um Gene and Gene Cyclops, was Lady Deathstrike, yeah. So we're probably Domino. Domino, yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. And no, Sage. Which again, it Sage? No, it's Domino. Well, you um, know, this felt familiar because that's the premise of old man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So again, this is another kind of cliche storytelling here. He wakes up and on the healer's table and he sees that Bishop has been attacked now too. And he heads out away, and we cut to the dude, the detective agent, who I just keep calling the dude. Oh, fair, very fair, yeah. Who's with his uh, sick daughter. And he's getting a phone call from one of his, um, one of the people on the police force who says, so some crazy shit happens. The, a pale girl is what they, is what they call her. Um, yeah. So the crazy shit that happened is she made these drug dealers or the cops who went in to find these drug dealers basically kill themselves or torture themselves in some way. And so they realize they've got a real problem on their hands. The, the sick girl tells her dad, listen, you got to get the mutants involved. This is their, they're starting this. Plus they told us that their medicine would help save us. And all it's doing is bringing more, more issues to us. So he says, okay, I'll, I'll go talk to the mutants. We cut later to him going to see Wolverine. And I don't really know why he goes to see Wolverine, much like I don't understand why. No, he no. I think they're both waiting for Gene to be resurrected. Because this is a resurrection chamber. Oh, no, that's Scott. Yeah, no, I skipped over that real quick. So, yeah, he's, he's at the resurrection um, thing, with, and Scott comes in. He tells, Wolverine tells Scott, listen, I'm going to make this right. And that's how that scene ends. But I found it interesting because it just looked like Scott, like, I know he didn't mean to do that, but I still don't. Yeah, no, he was, yeah, he definitely, and it was one of those things that kind of struck me too. Because like the new relationship they've been painting, not not new, but like the friendlier relationship they've been painting with Wolverine and Scott seemed colder in this one. Yeah. Um, but again, You're sleeping on a couch today. But again, he just killed Gene. Like, so I get that he probably knows he didn't do it on purpose, but he's still mad at him, you know? Like, yeah. I get it. The next scene after that is the police officer and the dude at a shooting range, and they show him a picture of the pale girl on the phone, and he tells them to delete it. We don't want any records of this. We want to do this off the books. Yeah. 
And then after that, he go he invites Wolverine to his house, and they have a beer in the, the lawn. He tells him he needs his help. Wolverine, well, he gives him a whole metaphor about lawn care, basically meaning yeah. do business. Yeah, he, he goes on and on about lawn care. He talks about his, the scars on his face being collateral damage for one of the mutants' endless wars. He tells him he needs his help, that he wants to kill these people that are doing this. Wolverine tells him killing happens to be my specialty. He says, let's get, Wolverine says, let's get to work. And he throws a bottle of beer on this guy's lawn. The guy says, dude, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, then, Okay, this ending I actually did like because I didn't see it coming at all. I didn't see it coming either. And I think I might've, that might have been what raised my store, score up a bit. So we cut to the middle of the Pacific Ocean. There's a storm. They're on the dude and Wolverine are on a dinghy in the middle of the Pacific Ocean during the storm, trying to secretly get to a, a larger boat to I don't really know what the point of this is. Like they didn't really go into the plot. They just kind of like cut to it. Like this is part of the mission, but we don't really Yeah, know we don't why. really know exactly where they're going. So they they are getting on the boat. There it's a police boat, so I don't know why they're taking the dinghy out to it. Um when you really break it down, it doesn't make <laughs> Nothing makes sense. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like once I started, once I reread this book, I'm like, there's too many jumps, and like I don't know why anybody's doing what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so Wolverine, the dude, and the other police officer see that there's something on the some computer screen, and something's not something's wrong on the radar. We should be approaching the enemy, and then Wolverine's eyes turn red, and he kills the dude. The he lady stops him. Yeah, he stabs him with his claws. The lady, turns out, was never really there. She starts to fade away. It's all been an illusion from the pale girl who is controlling Wolverine. And Wolverine takes control of the boat, which honestly is one of the funniest drawings of Wolverine I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he's got like this like real sinister look on his face. As, and his eyes red are glowing eyes. red. And he's got fangs. But he's also got two hands on the steering wheel. <laughs> Safety first. Safety first. <laughs> Ten and two, motherfucker. <laughs> it is honestly one of the funniest fucking pictures I've ever seen. And so, that's how, how, it's, how it ends with the pale girl in control of Wolverine steering a boat to someplace. So part of me just wants Xavier to get involved and go, I'll step in. Hey, you're not gonna get inside my fucking mind. I'm gonna fucking burn your brain out. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like this clearly. Like I'm not super interested in this this story. I want to go back to the vampire story. Yeah, which we might. Who knows? But uh, yeah, that's Wolverine number two. I give it three stars. Three generous stars. I give it three generous stars as well. Honestly, yeah. I feel like two, but I don't want to be too negative this week. So let's do three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, I think a strong group of books yeah it definitely it definitely made me like the past few books before these i was like oh man they're not hitting right right now i'm not feeling it um and then this batch i was like oh man i'm excited again and now i never know when they're gonna come back <laughs> so well, another thing we can, backwards. <laughs> we can go backwards and look and at we some- are oh. <laughs> yeah we're definitely i'm really interested it's i i read Probably a year ago, I reread <clears throat> God Loves, Man Kills. So I'm really excited to revisit it again. I, I own it, but I do not know when the last time I ever read, I read awesome. it. I before, but I don't I know. I want to see what, how, you think, how you think it holds up. Yeah, so that, we'll try and get that out this week, maybe. You know? yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, give me a few days to read it and uh, take some notes and think about it. And then, yeah, we can 
hopefully get yeah, I'm, I'm doing this week. weird thing because I have a stack of new books I haven't gotten to yet. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, I should now read things I haven't been reading or go back and reread things because instead of finishing the stack I have. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's so many things like I'm like, obviously, I, I have some other things going on, too. But like, I have not really been able to pay attention to a lot of things lately. But like all I want to do is like watch things that I've been meaning to watch and read things I've been meaning to watch. But like I just don't have the brain capacity either well, to do it right now. It might affect the podcast. I kind of want to finish Legion. I am so I'm one episode from being done with season two, and then I can start season three. I'm three episodes from season two because I'm not. I haven't been in love with season two, but I always heard three is really good. I heard. I hear. Two. I hear the same thing about three. I really liked two when it started out. It was so trippy, but like. It's it got too much. It's almost got yeah. It's almost too trippy now, but it's it became ending. like what do you even compare it to? I guess I don't even know honestly. It's the so Fincher much. show again. Um, the what show? The Fincher was it Fincher? A TV show? I don't remember doing small a TV town show. with the with the murder. Oh oh, David Lynch, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. It became very Twin Peaks to me. And I love Twin Peaks, and I'm and I'm, I didn't. Try, and I'm trying to stick with with legion but it's just it's getting a bit much and but the last couple episodes you start to see like some of the more comic book influences coming out and there's a scene in the episode i just watched where his hair is sticking straight up oh and it's so fucking cool man i was like yes because season one season one was fucking awesome season one was so good it's borderline perfect and then two i'm like okay but then things are happening that are weird for Mm -hmm. this being weird yes 100 percent it's like, why is the room upside down? Just doesn't matter. No one reacts to it like it's weird. It's just no. One hundred percent. We this has to all be in his head because it we're has not, to because time cause doesn't make sense either. Time doesn't make sense. There's no sp- specific time period that makes sense no, either. None. There's technology that doesn't exist. You know, like which is fine in a sci-fi show, but like it's too rooted in the real world, and like the technology they have is kind of cartoonish. Yeah. Like, like, you know, some like, things are 50s, some things are 70s, some are mm-hmm. 90s. Yeah. In his flashbacks, like he's mm-hmm. been in the 90s in a flashback, but then he's in the 70s when he's As a kid. kid. Yeah, I know. And then the 50s in the present, like his sister was like in the 50s, basically. Yeah, it, it's it, none of it makes sense. Obviously, it, this has to be inside of his head in some way. So I'm excited yes. to see where we go. So maybe that'll be an episode two when we both finish Legion. We can just give a whole big, like, the big three season recap of Legion. Yeah. Sure. Let's That'd give it a try. Too. Let's try to take an hour <laughs> to talk about one of the most convoluted shows in history. <laughs> All right, yeah, guys. No, well, thank you for listening to us during your quarantine. Uh, please like and review and all those fun things for us to get our, our uh, name out there. But we appreciate the fans we do have. You're awesome. Uh, you can find me at Madman3005 on Twitter. Josh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Xbrarian. It's librarian with an X. Boom. Very clever. I know. It's so clever. For now, guys, we will see you next time. You going to kiss these people before we go? No, that's social distancing. Uh, No, we can't get that close to this. Okay. All right. All over. Tons of kisses and tongue. Oh, shit. (laughs)